Welcome to the Winning Family Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage, a podcast designed to help you win at home and in life. Welcome to the Winning Family Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage, a podcast designed to help you win at home and life. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Travolute, and we are excited because we're going to do a podcast episode around Rodney's new book, Why Your Kids Do What They Do, Responding to the Driving Forces Behind Your Teen's Behavior. It's going to be a juicy one, guys. Listen, another great thing you're going to want to know is for a limited time, you can get your hands on a free copy of the study guide that goes with this book. I'm going to hold up the physical copy, so if you're watching us by YouTube, you can see how beautiful it is. Here's how you can go get that. Go to thewinningfamily.com or text the words, excuse me, one word, kid, depends on how many of you have, but <laughs> kids to 1-833-213-8967. So you can either rewind or listen one more time, 1-833-213-8967. Text the word kids with an S. So over the next few episodes, we are going to dive in and unpack some of the insights and principles from this newly revised and expanded edition of the new book. Guys, are you ready to go? Let's go. Ready, yes. ready, ready. Let's do it. All this right. book is amazing. It is. It is incredible that it's revised because it's so uh, practical and applicable uh, to the season that we're in in our culture. Oh, it's yes. amazing. So really excited about this, the release of this book. The content's incredible. Yeah, and that's the reason why, obviously, we wanted to go back and really revisit the importance of the principles that we share because of the timely nature in which we live. And so many parents, especially post-pandemic, now that, you know, uh, COVID is somewhat officially behind us, but the aftermath that it has had on so many people's lives, but specifically the impact it's having on our youth and all the mental health challenges that are really kind of at the forefront right now on the minds and hearts of not only parents, but educators, and everybody's just trying to get their arms around why kids do what they do Mm -hmm. and why they think the way they think, why they feel the way they feel. And and, uh, so, yeah, we wanted to really just, I, you know, it's interesting because, you know, here we are fast forward from when the book was first released to where we are today. And you know, the, not much has changed, I personally believe, from the root issues, mm-hmm. but the surface issues, the symptoms that we see that we obviously are talking about today because of what, you know, has been exposed, man alive, I mean, it is probably more in your face from the standpoint of stuff that's going on than we've ever encountered, but it still comes back down to some some what I often refer to as unspoken needs, really at the crux of it all. It's in the heart and the mind and the emotions of our kids. Mm-hmm. And how do we speak into that? And how do we meet those needs? And so that's why I really wanted to republish and really get this message back out to today's parents because I think it will help fill in some blanks. I hope it will, I really do pray it will connect some dots. Mm-hmm. Um, to maybe give parents a better understanding. And even if you're a grandparent, single parent, blended family, it this is going to be extremely relevant, yes, yes. no matter what situation or circumstances mm-hmm. they're in, that I yeah. think is going to really help give a lot of practical insight. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I had the opportunity to read some of it last night, and I wish I would have had it when... Uh, our kids were growing up. And of yeah. course, Ted and I have two older children, both adults, one married, but uh, it's still good thinking about the nieces, the nephews that I have, the 
future grandchildren that, that we'll have, it, it's so applicable. So regardless of what stage you are in life, I'd encourage you, right. grab a copy of this book. It is so good. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, well, let's dive in. I'm excited because I, I thought it would only be appropriate to, you know, anytime you talk through uh, a subject matter, you know, there's always those um, moments when you finish, you know, a conversation. It's like, wow, man, I wish we could have focused more on this, or I wish we could have elaborated a little bit more on that. And so rather than trying to just cram it all into one episode, you know, let's let's spread it out in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. And what we'll do is we'll just kind of tie this together, really like a series of conversations so that we can cover a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Not that you don't need to go get the book, because we would encourage you to get the book. I think okay. what we're going to do is really just kind of scratch the surface right. on so much more that obviously is in the book. And, um, and the reason why we say it's revised and expanded because uh, we've taken a lot of the new data uh, when it comes to research, a lot of the statistics and things that are, that are now post-pandemic from the standpoint of things that are just now coming to light. Plus, in addition to that, we've expounded on a lot of the concepts as well. So that, the book is actually a little longer than what it used to be because we added some new content, some things that I think are going to be extremely helpful and, yeah. and relevant to where we are today um, at the release of this, of this book. So, yeah, so let's dive in. Excited to talk more about why your kids do what they do. Well, I love the topic that you're going to begin with. It is based on the five emotional needs or gauges of teenagers, and mm-hmm. not that that's a play on words. The gauges are going to talk about the gauges that teenagers have, but <laughs> no I love this. Intended. What a great word picture! Yeah, I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah, I uh, kind of tell the story that in the opening illustration of the book, where I'll never forget it's one of those uh, like looking back on it, like what in the world was I thinking? Um, but this is typical sometimes, especially maybe more so for guys, maybe than girls, but happened uh, to be a situation, and I won't go into all the details, but the bottom line was is that we were in my dad's sports car and uh, went extremely too, extremely too fast one evening. How fast? Uh, well, at the tune of 120 miles an hour, oh, but when we got pulled over... I don't over, think I've ever done that, ever. When life. we got pulled over, uh, the not just one officer, multiple officers, because there were multiple police cars that pulled us mm-hmm. over because it wasn't just yep. us. It was the guy we were racing that they also pulled over. Oh but God. they showed a lot right. of grace and mercy and compassion on our craziness. Um, they actually wrote us a ticket, wrote me a ticket because I was driving uh, for 105 miles an hour. So that was my first speeding ticket ever. And um, so, <laughs> you know, you kind of start high and you work your way down from there. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. But, oh, we've got Jet behind the camera just dying laughing yeah. over there. So all that to say. Don't get any um, ideas. Yeah, that was my first uh, encounter of not only with the police, but uh, also uh, insurance rates that went sky high. Uh, and uh, upset parents and grounded (laughs) for the rest of my life. But all that to say, I was driving my dad's brand new sports car. And this sports car back in the day um, had, you know, all the gizmos, gadgets, latest, greatest stuff, the bells and whistles. And one of the things that I remember about this little car is that it literally would talk. It was like this little lady's voice lived somewhere. And this was like before Siri and Alexis and all that. 
So um, anyway, so I um, remembered this car because like when you would open it up, the little lady's voice would say, car door is open. Car door is open. Or if you're running low on gas, her little voice, you know, would would come out of the speakers and say, fuel level is low. Fuel level is low. And so she would basically kind of give you all the indicators that you needed to know about what was going on with the car. And so, you know, I thought to myself, wow, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be amazing as parents if our kids came equipped with gauges like a dashboard on a car that would basically tell you, hey, uh, self-worth is running low. Mm. So you know? good. So <laughs> yeah. Or, or the, you know, feeling insecure, you know, is, is running low. But the problem is, is that kids don't always communicate, you know, obviously mm-hmm. through verbal expressions. It's not like they're going to sit down with you as a parent and say, hey, let's grab a cup of coffee. I'd like to share with you how I'm really feeling. You know, they're not <laughs> no. going to do that. No. What they typically do is they manifest how they're feeling or what's going on in the inside, those unspoken needs. Mm-hmm. What happens is they actually manifest themselves through negative or sometimes even destructive behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what leaves the parents asking the question, well, why would he or why would she do something like that? Well, it's not because kids wake up one day and say, oh, I think I'm going to do the X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Usually it is a series of things that are going on that ultimately pushes them to making decisions to do certain things by way of decisions, actions, behaviors that usually are caused or driven by some form of emotional need mm-hmm. that perhaps was neglected, ignored, or it's just this false sense that kids have, and even we have as adults, that oh, if I can do this, or if I can be liked by this person, or I can you know, receive this kind of attention from this group, well, that's going to make me feel a certain way, right. but it's only short-lived. Right. And so we can unpack that today. I think it's important that we realize the importance and really the power of when I say needs, I'm talking specifically more about emotional needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, often what happens, I think, is we have a tendency to think of needs related more specifically to babies, toddlers. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about children, well, children are, are what? They're dependent upon their parents. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, you know, elderly, you know, people, you know, those who maybe are at a stage in their life, maybe they're going through health concerns or whatever challenges that those senior years may bring into a person's physical health or mental well-being. Well, what happens is that even those at that season in their life become more dependent upon even their children or caretakers to care for them. So during those teen years, it's not that teens don't have needs, in fact, if anything, their needs are heightened and manifested in in extremely <laughs> uh, chaotic ways. But in the minds of parents, sometimes we have a tendency to minimize or neglect or even ignore those particular needs at a very, very critical and vulnerable time in their lives mm-hmm. because our kids are no longer as needy or dependent upon us because they're transitioning to become more independent. Well, we try to treat the um, 
the symptom, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, but we try to address the behavior that they are displaying instead of seeing that as a need. Right. And which we you obviously have to correct behavior, but I, you know, as our kids were growing up, that's something I had to learn, and you, you know, helped me understand is a lot of times that's just that that sign, that alert that there's a need, you know, and. Uh, realizing that and understanding that instead of getting all worked up, you know, because of the behavior, right? which is the natural tendency to do. So, right. yeah, this, which is so good about these gauges. Well, I think what, and this is important for us to realize, and I by no means I'm a medical doctor, so I'm not going to uh, attempt to speak in the medical terms, but obviously a lot of this is in the book. Um, or we quote, you know, different, um, you know, medical and mental health professionals. But here's the thing I think it's important just to remind parents, you know, when kids reach, you know, around, you know, 12 years of age, let's say, and obviously some mature a little faster, some a little slower, boys develop different than girls develop. Um, so you have all those things that come into to play. But in those developmental years, man alive, there's just a lot going on mm-hmm. in the physi- physical realm of, you know, a tween, what we call a, a teenager, <laughs> those who are in between, you know, they're 11, 12, they're going into those teenage years. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you've got not only the physical changes that are happening, but in addition to the physical changes, you know, that's where the hormones, you know, start kicking in, you know. They go mm-hmm. through that puberty stage. You've got, Amen. you know, the you know, the <laughs> ac- you got the do. acne, you know, the acne of the skin, mm-hmm. you know, the challenges. Agony as well, yeah, the right? agony <laughs> of acne. Agony, yes. Yeah, and then yeah. you've got, you know, the sexual, you know, uh, side based mm-hmm. on those hormones, things that are beginning to develop. All of the emotional, you know, the highs and the lows. Uh, the roller coaster ride, you know, that not only they encounter, but parents are having to, Absolutely. you know, figure out as well. Mm-hmm. The social side, because now socially it becomes more awkward because of the physiological or the 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 sexual hormonal changes that are happening. Um, you know, so that affects, you know, their self-image, their sense of security or insecurity of how they look, how they feel. All those dynamics play into the social realm. And then you have the mental you know, the brain is still developing. You know, the, you know, the science has, has proven that the, that the vortex, the, the frontal lobe of our brain is still developing and evolving. That usually doesn't even fully develop until you're really in your early 20s, according to 25. Yeah, science. So, so when you think about that, you know, kids are trying to figure out the difference between the concrete thinking that they've been accustomed to as children, mm-hmm. where everything was a little bit more black and white. Mm-hmm. Now it's becoming to be a little bit more in the realm of abstract thinking. So getting those two realms confused, you know, while they're still processing a lot of things, uh, plays a huge role in how they're processing, how they're thinking, how they're feeling, how they're ultimately behave, behaving. And then, of course, you have the spiritual you know, realm that is not only woven through all this, but now they're beginning because they're growing independently. Now they're beginning to question. They're 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 beginning to, you know, look at things again from an abstract point of view. They're trying to figure out a lot of things that is making life very complicated. 
So here you are dealing with a 15, 16, 17-year-old boy, girl, son, daughter who is going through all of these massive changes in their life and to not fully understand the power of those needs and how the, how the power of those needs affect the way they think, ultimately impact the way they feel, that to the point ultimately even dictate the decisions that they make based on the behavior. And so a lot of times I think the temptation is, is that parents are quick to focus on the behavior, focus on the outside, right. the mm-hmm. surface issues, as you stated, right. and we overlook or neglect what's really driving that behavior, and that is perhaps the unspoken needs that's going on mm-hmm. in the lives of their kids. So that's the reason why we wanted to try to break it down um, in a very simplistic way in the form of these gauges so that parents can almost like see their kids like a dashboard mm-hmm. and give them a framework that will help them maybe better understand specific type of needs that may be more important than others at certain times in their child's life. And I want to elaborate those here in just a second. But at the end of the day, we all have needs. You know, I mean, Michelle and I, we've talked about this before when it comes to just our differences. We all have a different makeup, you know, demeanor in the, in the sense of not just personality, but just in our, our needs, our emotional needs. You know, for example, like she has a high need for touch and affection. And, you know, so that's a need that she, you know, she wants me to meet. But at the end of the day, when God made us with these particular type of needs, he also wants us to look to him. He wants us to ultimately look to him and depend upon him to be the the ultimate source and supplier of those needs. That's why he says in in Philippians 4.19, Paul said, And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his glorious riches that are found in Christ Jesus. So God is the ultimate supplier of our needs. But at the end of the day, he wants to also meet those needs through relationships, Mm -hmm. through other people. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I love the scripture in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, God is our merciful Father and our source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. So as we look to God and we, you know, allow God to meet our needs directly, it also allows us to be in a greater position to be able to meet the needs of those around us in a more indirect way. And so that's the role of a parent, where a parent can not only look to God and lean on God, but at the same time allow God to work through them so that they can be more aware to read the gauges so they can help meet those relational, emotional needs in the lives of their kids. And I think this is true also with not just a a traditional family that is, you know, husband and wife that have been married the entire time or a blended family um, or a single parent. So there's a lot of complexities to all of that when it comes to the needs of their children, you know, because of the the different ways that they've been raised or different parents, how many different 
sets of parents are involved. And um, one of my my single mama friends said, don't forget me, <laughs> because it's true, you know, that it, it looks different. Mm-hmm. The needs of that child are going to be even different, yeah. you know. So just understanding and mm-hmm. these, these gauges that you're going to give us here, is, it, it applies to all of us, no matter what parenting uh, situation right. that you're in right. right now. It applies to every single person. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because um, here, here's here's a good illustration, I think, that helps kind of bring it all home from the standpoint of just realizing the power of needs and how God made us with needs, but at the same time, how he wants to use other people to help meet needs in our lives, whether it's, you know, through friendships or, you know, whatever. But it's kind of like that, that hard-to-get a uh, place in the middle of your back where you have an itch in your back and you can't <laughs> you cannot reach it no matter how hard you try you just cannot seemingly get get to that hard to reach place to scratch that itch so what do you do you you call for help you yeah. you go to somebody and say hey could you do me a favor so what do you do you look for a fellow back scratcher <laughs> who has the same hard to get itch that you might have maybe at a different point but at the end of the day, you go to that person so that they can do what? So they can scratch your back. They can meet that need in that given moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what God designed. He designed us to be in relationship with one another. Yeah. And that way we can help meet one another's needs. We can help provide for one another in those ways. So anyway, help scratch your back. <laughs> scratch each other's back. Well, let's jump into these because we are running out of time. Yes. <laughs> so much to say. <laughs> well, so imagine uh, the gauges on a dashboard, if you will, of a car. Think about your son or your daughter with five specific gauges. And we've put this in the form of an acrostic, which I love. So imagine that. Man, imagine, imagine that. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm the king of acrostics, I think. But I love it because it's easy to remember. We can all remember the word needs. And so when you think about it, every one of us, especially your your kids, they all have a need to be noticed. Now, what does that mean? Well, put it in the terminology or maybe in the words, the frame it, maybe how a teenager might would say. They say, I have a need to receive focused attention because I'm respected as a person valued for who I am and appreciated for what I do. Mm. And that's, that's, it's important because attention, respect, value, and appreciation is all tied to saying, hey, I notice you. Mm. Right. And not only do I notice you, but because you have great value to me, I appreciate who you are, I value who you are, and therefore, I want to spend time with you. Mm. I want to be with you. And so it's meeting that important need to be noticed. We all have that. Mm-hmm. The second one is the need for encouragement, what I call the encouragement gauge. And that basically says, I need to be encouraged as I reach for my dreams and supported when I feel like giving up. Mm-hmm. And so we all need somebody to walk alongside us to not only speak life into us, but to right. also to be there to support us in the process or yes. whatever that might be. 
you know, it could be academics, it could be sports, it could just be difficulties that we go that we go through or we encounter in life. But we need somebody to be a voice of encouragement, yeah. you know, to us. And the third uh, gauge in the, the next letter, the letter E, is the word empathy. So there's an empathy gauge. And what does that say? Well, it basically is the is the expression of I need to receive comfort when I experience pain or sorrow or despair. So rather than somebody saying, well, I told you so, you should have listened or, you know, or just get over it, you know, or quit being so sensitive or whatever, instead of attacking or ridiculing or demeaning, empathy is different than sympathy. Empathy is getting down into the trenches of someone's hurt, despair, pain, whatever it is that they're going through and feeling what they're feeling, looking at it and feeling it and experiencing it through their point of view. And then there's a direction gauge. And what does that say? I need to feel a sense of significance and purpose in life. And so when you take a son or you take a daughter, take a teenager who is lacking significance, a sense of purpose, if they don't have a real why in their life, then they're going to struggle with overall direction Mm -hmm. because their why is not yet discovered. Mm -hmm. And when they discover that why, all of a sudden, life takes on new meaning. Now they have a sense of destiny and direction that helps drive them and move them forward. And the last is the word security, the security gauge. And that basically means that I need to feel physical security as well as acceptance, regardless of my flaws and mistakes. And then here's the kicker, in love no matter what. Mm -hmm. So... Obviously, it's the physical security, just that feeling of safety. But at the same time, it goes beyond that to the emotional side of security, of just being loved and accepted unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And so when you take those specific needs in a teenager's life specifically Mm -hmm. that we're talking about, those specific needs in their life have a profound impact effect on the way they think and the way they ultimately feel mm-hmm. and ultimately how they process those thoughts and those those emotions to ultimately driving them to do a lot of the things that they do. Yeah. And I think this is really important for parents to just keep in mind at the forefront mm-hmm. as their kids are balancing all of the complexities mm-hmm. of these massive changes that are going on in their lives like we talked about a few moments ago. I think it's so good that you bring these things up and that you give us these tools to to use because depending on who you are as a parent, the way that you were raised, the home that you were raised in, you see things differently. Yes. You uh, respond to things differently. Um, just like the empathy that you mentioned a minute ago, just depending on your personality too it may not be the easiest thing for you to empathize you may you know jump a different direction quickly so I love that you give us these tools to assess the situation and to understand our children and the needs that they have so no matter what background we come from we can say yes these are the things that I need to be looking for in the needs of my children I think it's great and that's part two of the whole book here we go because we flip it (laughs) yeah we flip it back on the parents yeah because we have a tendency to look at our kids, respond to mm-hmm. our kids based on our own needs right. and how those needs were met or or perhaps unmet growing up as a child. 
and how those needs are currently being met or unmet in your given stage and season as a parent where all of that affects on how you how you think how you feel ultimately what you do so it, it it really it is so powerful and here's the reason why because number one if we are having negative thoughts about ourself what is it going to do it's going to produce negative emotions negative feelings well unfortunately because a lot of kids are struggling trying to differentiate between the abstract and the concrete aspects of so much going on in their world, well, what happens is that the emotions, how I feel, can overpower how we even think. Yeah, that's good. So what happens is, is that kids today are struggling with so much internal conflict Mm -hmm. that they rush to conclusion in their minds that I am how I feel. Mm -hmm. So if I feel a certain way, then I must be a certain way. Whether or not it makes sense, but if they feel it, their feelings become that reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that is where a lot of things that are taking place in today's current world and culture that we're seeing kids grapple with, Mm -hmm. with all of the you know, the, uh, the sexual identity, the gender identity, all of the things that a lot of kids right now are at a place of confusion. So much of what is being experienced is being driven by feelings mm-hmm. and emotions. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they're making decisions, some life-altering decisions, mm-hmm. based on emotions and feelings. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it's because a lot of the things that have happened in their life have unfortunately have never made sense to them. Why? Because of certain needs that have either been ignored, neglected, or they just have never maybe felt as though they were truly loved and made to feel secure in who God made them to be. Mm -hmm. And that's the role we have as parents is they help them understand that and help them work through that so that we can help love them through all of the complexities that they're going to go through in those difficult teenage years. That's such okay. good stuff. It's so good. So, so yeah. So that's kind of uh, the first part, if you will, of the uh, the high level of some of these emotional gauges um, that parents can use to help maybe pinpoint, um, you know, with with their kids. And I want to say one thing before we wrap this up. Wrap this up. I just want to encourage parents not only get the book, but specifically in chapter two of the book, we have what we call a needs evaluation. And it's basically a simple evaluation worksheet that they can give to their to their, to their kids mm-hmm. and ask them to actually take a moment, do the assessment, and then give that back to their parents. Okay. And if they're willing to do that, and we'll talk to more in the next episode, if they're unwilling to do that, <laughs> another alternative you can take. But I think it's important for parents to have their kids give them some feedback and response based on how they are truly feeling about certain things and what needs are most important to them. Because once parents can identify what needs have a greater emotional um, heightened uh, impact on them, the more the parents can help hone in on what those are. 
to ensure that those needs are being met. That's good. Mm -hmm. Nice bait job there. (laughs) As you uh, think about the next episode, you're going to want to subscribe to the Winning Family Podcast so you don't miss that episode because it's going to be another juicy episode and you don't want to miss it. And please know that you can get your your hands on a copy of Why Your Kids Do What They Do by going to thewinningfamily.com as well as any major bookseller Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to know that you can get a copy of the workbook. And again, if you're watching us on YouTube, I just want you to see how beautiful these books are. I love the covers. And the workbook, you can download for free. Go to thewinningfamily.com or text the word KIDS, K-I-D-S, to 1-833-213-8967. Let me repeat that. Text the word KIDS, K-I-D-S, to one 213 Eight nine six seven. So join us for next time as we continue this topic. It's going to be good. You're going to get that self-assessment that Rodney has talked about. And invite someone to listen along with you. Get a discussion partner. Get someone you can walk through this with, and it'll become more real to you and more applicable. You'll get a whole lot more out of it. Till next time, we'll see you guys. Thank you for joining us. Thanks again for joining us on the Winning Family Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Winning Family. Also, we would love to hear what's on your heart and mind as parents. Send us any questions you would like Rodney and Michelle to answer in the future episodes by sending your questions to the podcast at thewinningfamily.com. We look forward to hearing from you. For more helpful resources and content, be sure to go to thewinningfamily.com. Until next time, thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of The Winning Family Podcast.